What's up, family, and welcome to Empower to Excel, a podcast where truth and perspective collide. It's your boy, O. I'm the host, and I invite you to join me for an engaging conversation as me and my guests give you tools and insight for you as you live your best life. Hey guys, welcome to another episode here at Empower to Excel, where truth and perspective collide. Today I have with me two of the most prolific people I know, both of whom started out as friends, but over time became family. And for today's topic, we're going to be discussing mentoring, the art of communication. Maya Angelou once said, I've learned that, that people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And I believe that that quote is so relevant to today's culture because apart from what's being taught, you know, and just the stigma of social media, whereas people are going online, paying $10 for a degree, you know, with no background experience, they're mentoring people, but they're doing so in a way that's causing more devastation than more empowerment. So today we want to just kind of just like debuff some of the myths that, you know, that goes on, that goes along with mentoring and just kind of discuss what mentoring is, you know? And so I, it's my honor to just introduce these two phenomenal individuals to the Empower to Excel fam. And I want to say welcome to Ruth Caesar and Arthur O'Neill. Welcome, guys. Hey, thank you for having me. What it do, Omar? Appreciate you, sir. All right. So I know you guys for a very long time, both both of you equally uh, 10 years plus. Um, can you tell my audience a little bit about you guys, um, Ruth? So hi, everyone. My name is Ruth. I am a wife to one husband, <laughs> a mom to a beautiful So You know, you got to make that clear. got to be one. A mom to a beautiful son. I am a teacher by vocation. Uh, I serve as a minister at New Life Cathedral, where Omar and I met almost 10 years ago. And I'm excited to be diving into this topic with you guys today. Awesome sauce. Family? Hey, y'all. This is uh, Arthur O'Neill, born and raised in the M.I. double crooked letter. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> born and raised in, in, in Mississippi um, um, joined the military after high school did about uh, 11 years in the military as a uh, as an army officer um, uh, married met my wife uh, in college uh, married her we have uh, we've been married for 25 years now have five kids um, one a college junior uh, one high school senior, uh, a high school freshman, uh, seventh grader in middle school, and a fourth grader. Um, I do uh, project management by trade, dealing with military contracts and such with the Department of Defense. Um, I'm also saved. I've, I've been saved since about 98. Uh, met Omar uh, in you know, early 2000s. Um, I'm a teacher. I'm a Bible teacher. Uh, that's what I do. That's what I am. Uh, by the grace of God, 
and um happy to uh break a little bread with y'all this morning. Appreciate it, appreciate it, appreciate it. All right, so uh without further ado, let's just dive right into this because uh I'm I'm so pumped and amped about this particular episode because that people want to know. They really want to know. So the first thing that I want to throw out there to you guys is, you know, um, as it relates to mentorship, how how can someone identify when they have found the right mentor? Ruth, you want the first stab at it, ma'am? <laughs> I was going to let you go, Mr. Arthur. I was going to let you go since you're the Bible teacher, and then I will eloquently slide in after. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Then um, um, the Bible makes this statement about marking the perfect man, which is not talking about marking a person who is without fault. It's about marking someone that is mature in the thing that you're pursuing. And so, and so the first thing that, um, one of the first things about really identifying a mentor is really understanding who you are and where you want to go for this season. Uh, because in understanding that, then you really have kind of a, you really have more of an idea of who and what you're trying to connect with, um, in order to progress. Um, but I would tell you, it's really about, it's really about marking someone that is already down the road that you want to travel. And then, um, and that's, and that's, and that's the simplest way. It's not, it's not a lot of uh, calculus or anything that you got to do. It's really about, you know, seeing, seeing the thing, seeing the thing that embodies the vision that you have. And then now making a connection from there. Um, That would be kind of, uh, I would say the starting play. What you think, I, I concur. Um, speaking even in a natural perspective, a mentor is someone who, one you identify that has gone through a specific issue or experience that you desire to go through in the long run. And so as a mentor, they give their experience and their learning and what they went through, and then they tell you the answers that worked for them. And in telling you the answers that worked from them, you're now getting the lessons that you need so that you can benefit also as you go through that process as well. So definitely marking the person who has the ability to take you where you haven't been before and you desire to go. Okay. Okay. So I hear, I hear what you, what you guys are saying. Um, so just based off of, what, off of what you guys said, my question now would be um, how, so people have made it seem as if like, in order to be my mentee, you have to follow me and do this and do that. And, you know, to a certain degree, you know, we all know that you have to cultivate to having a connection with someone. Um, but what happens when you're now stuck between, is this a guide or, or is this a God? Because the mentor should really, you know, be that person that kind of bring you, bring you to the place that you want to be, you know, whether it be, you know, um, in Christ or, or even in business. However, sometimes there are some mentors that like, they try to shape you into, into like a mini version of themselves. What, what, like, how, like, how do you deal with that? Like when that happens? Well, as a, oh, go ahead, Arthur, go ahead. No, no, you go, Ruth. 
Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say as a mentor, my assignment is not to make you my twin. Even twins have two different types of DNA. And so in that there is an individual, there's an individuality that is still within each person. If I am making you my twin, then I haven't fulfilled my role as a mm. mentor. Um, and, and we fail in, in people now making people their twin as a mentor, we got to be very careful and define what the overall concept of mentorship is. And sometimes people are not looking for mentors. You also have to now differentiate a coach from a mentor, from a spiritual parent. You know what I'm saying? And even within all of those, you have to still be an individual. And so if I am not teaching you to find your purpose within yourself while using me as a guide, then I failed as a mentor. So it's so important that if I see that, Mm -hmm. I, I see my mentee now being exactly who I am and not having their own identity. I have to put a stop to that because I'm doing you a disservice by not, by allowing you to become who I am. Okay. Okay. But a lot of times though, sometimes some mentors don't even realize that or like they, they're happy with that. You know what I'm saying? Like they're happy with having people to look like them and act like them because they feel like, like, you know, now this person's going to take on what, you know, what I've started and then they can take it further. You know what I'm saying? So, well, even I, in that aspect, I, think, I think, I think there's something, there's something to, um, um, that, that is essential to understand. Okay. Is that a lot of times your mentors weren't necessarily taught how to mentor. Did, can so, you tell the people, Arthur? Tell the people. Because, I mean, mentorship, there is not, I mean, I have not encountered a formal training center that teaches mentors to be mentors. Generally, mentors, a lot of times, learn from those who mentor them. So such as I have, I give unto you. Mm. So, <laughs> I just can't give you what I don't have. A mentor can't give you a perspective or a or a type of, of guidance that they never received because they don't know how. So, so part of it is, is, is understanding that, that, that sometimes the people who were selecting as mentors, um, we have to kind of understand who they are as people and character before wanting to latch on to what they've done from accomplishment. Wow. Um, that was, uh, both, both, both what you guys said was, um, very powerful so basically um I, I guess what you're saying is that people should be able to understand the boundaries per se or like you know like 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 basically count the cost before they get, get into it it's basically what you guys are saying yeah uh, i i put it like this uh i never had a formal mentor right ever but i've marked a lot of people and i've observed them from from where i was and I just observe how they lived their life. I observed the things they did. There were some where I had a close enough relationship where I I had the, the liberty to ask questions. Mm -hmm. Never there was never a formal mentor mentee relationship established. It was that I was drawing from them, and they were okay sharing. And so, um, and so, with that, you know. I would say myself, I've never been formally mentored. So someone's at looking at me for from uh, how would I mentor them? 
I never I never had a formal mentor. So I can't tell you about that process. So I would just say that when it comes down to understanding who who it is that you might be seeking mentorship from, you have to understand what is the what what is the school of mentorship that they have received, because mm-hmm. that's what you can expect to get. And if they never if they received a type of mentorship where it was more of cloning or twinning, then that's what you can expect. But <laughs> because they can't give you what they don't have unless by the grace of God, you know, they were able to gain another perspective. So sometimes it's just really kind of understanding, you know, um, and I think the and, and Ruth, please, please chime in on this. I think one of the one of the things that gets lost, and I know it's a different topic, but mm-hmm. one thing that gets lost in the media age is the art of personal touch and connection. Mm, Listen, okay. Arthur, stop playing with me. This is good. This is very, very good. <laughs> <laughs> I agree 100%, um, Arthur. Um, I love how you said that you never um, went to the school of mentorship to learn how to be a mentor. And I also love how you shared that you were able to receive from certain people and they were open to sharing. What I did note about you sharing that was that there was also a level of maturity and wisdom where you were able to take what was necessarily for you and also reject what just wasn't for you. And so even when seeking appropriate mentorship before you become somebody's twin, like the wrong way, it's so important that you are in a space mentally and spiritually to know what is for you and what will not what won't cause you to lose who you are as an individual while seeking this mentorship and so when people automatically lose who they are for the sake of being mentored I have to question well where are you spiritual that you felt that or or even naturally in a natural setting where where have you lost yourself where you felt like this is the route that you had to take to now become the person that you're observing and so if you don't have that identity before you go and even seek the mentorship, it makes it much more easier for you to now become whoever you're following. And there goes the disconnect as well. Well, uh, well Omar, you know, we had this conversation some time yeah. ago about uh, um, sometimes it comes down from the from the, the person that's seeking mentorship. Are they seeking mm-hmm. mentorship or are they seeking a father figure rather than a mentor? Wow. Are they a difference? There, there is a distinct difference. Yeah, between between what a mentor is going to give you and what a father figure is going to give you. Now, within within fathering, there is absolutely mentorship, but there's a but there's a point in fathering where there is instructions to be followed, not guidance to be offered. Break it down for them. Got you. So, so we know, and I'll just speak, I, I believe we're all in the, uh, of the same ethnicity up in here. Yes. So, um, so let's we just, is from Mr. Mississippi. So let's just, I mean, let's just go, let's just go ahead and call it what it is. I mean, we're in an epidemic with fatherless home. Right. Absolutely. And so, Absolutely. and so, and so. And not saying not saying it just from a father from a fatherless home meaning it's just uh, men seeking other men, but it's sometimes women seeking the perspective of a man who is just as nurturing in their handling of them and offering of guidance. Mm-hmm. And so, and so when that is missing, there's a time where where the the person is seeking more than a mentor. 
they may be seeking something else. And when the mentor is only giving them mentorship, but not fathership, then there's a disconnect. Mm. <laughs> because because a mentor is not there to father you. They're there to mentor. But if you're looking for a father figure, that type of thing, that's a that's a that's a, that's a relationship that's on a deeper level. And there is uh, there are there are 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 other expectations that supersede mentorship because again in fathership it's about it's not about me just offering you advice advice that you can take a leave it's about me giving you guidance that you should follow mm, okay differentiating the two is so essential and that's what i was saying earlier like if you don't know the difference between a coach a mentor and a spiritual father or mother you will find yourselves in predicaments where you're expecting something and you're not receiving it because you've mislabeled the person. And so now you're in a season of frustration because you're like, I'm not getting what I'm supposed to get, but you've identified the person wrongly. So definitely making it clear as to what is a mentor versus what is a spiritual parent. Okay, okay. <clears throat> okay, so people still should be able to to difference between that but what about those individuals are uh, what, what what would you guys say rather to people who want to want a quote-unquote mentor but like every time the mentor has to like correct them or say hey you know what i don't think that, that you're doing this wrong they feel like they're being attacked not necessarily from the aspect of like that they can't take criticism but sometimes people's experience in the past have them so guarded that when they really do have a mentor that is right for them, they feel like everything that, 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 that they're saying is to tear them down or to discourage them. So how, how would you guys deal with someone who has that kind of a mentality? Well, I think, and I think that, that Ruth hit on it earlier, there's, a, there's just a level of maturity that you got to have mm. when you, when you yeah. enter. If, if, you, if, you, if you're going to have a relationship that's beneficial, and it's only beneficial if you're only hearing uh, praise and words of affirmation. And you got some growing up to do. Yeah. Mm. That's just simple and plain. <laughs> true, true. Absolutely. And truth be told, I'm, as a mentor, you don't have to accept what I'm saying. And if we're going in the secular world where you pay to get the job done, you're paying a mentor, you can take the advice whether you want to or not, but my cash app is still going to ring. So there's no real obligation. <laughs> you're going to be upset and you're not going to take the advice, but I've gotten paid for my services already. Whereas in a spiritual parenting perspective, you're, you're going to get whipped. Think, think of it from a natural perspective. When you do something wrong, it is my responsibility to correct you. It doesn't mean you're going to like the correction. However, it's for your benefit. Mentors don't have to do that. Parents, parents do. Mm. Okay. I mean, uh, look at it this way: when we could go, you know, straight biblical. Yeah, go uh, for it. You know, the the, the Bible makes it, it makes this statement. It, it talks about that Scripture is given for four purposes: mm -hmm. for doctrine, for reproof, for reproof, yep, for correction and instructions mm -hmm. in righteousness. And instruction, absolutely. And so, and so if, if someone is going to give you balance, if you're going to have a balanced relationship and you're not, and you're not ready to receive those four things, then you're not, you're not looking for a mentor yet. You're looking for, you're looking for, you're looking for, uh, you're looking for a cheerleader. 
Wow. Someone endorsing you no matter what you do. Exactly. And and if I'm a mentor, and, and, and this is something that, that I believe that you know, it just kind of dropped in my heart this morning, from a mentor's perspective, and this is really from a mentor perspective, mm-hmm. if I'm not willing to share with you my failures, then mm-hmm. I'm not ready to be your mentor because ultimately I want you to succeed. But to succeed, I need you to understand what failure looks like or what that's what I say failure, my setbacks, mistakes. And so and so to if 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 as a mentor, I let you walk into the same mistakes that I've made, knowing knowing that if I'm driving down the street and I know the road is closed and the bridge is out and I don't tell you and I know you coming behind me, I'm doing you a disservice. Yeah. <laughs> I want you to change course to take another path because it's going to save you time. You're going to gain wisdom through experiences that you don't have to have, but you got the same lesson. And you Absolutely. got it. You got you got you got the lesson without the bumps and bruises. There's going to be some bumps and bruises, but I would tell you I would I uh I, I would avoid some if if, if I don't have to. Mm. I agree. Why do people like punishment? All it takes is for you to listen. If I agree, Arthur. I completely agree. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Like some people feel like, you know, just because you went through it that way doesn't mean I'll go through it that way. So I'm gonna navigate yeah. it on my own. No, you you don't you don't have to now put yourself in a position to receive a spanking. Sometimes it just takes listening and obedience. But back to the question that you asked, I can give you that advice so that you don't detour and go off course. However, it's at your discretion to accept it. Even as, as a mentor, I have to be okay with whatever you decide. And that's the disadvantage of it too. If you decide against what I've suggested for you, you can't be upset at the consequence that comes up as a result of the decision that you've made. Mm. Excellent point. Wow. Um, so which kind of brings me to, to, to the point of like, um, how, so... And then this is kind of a, a two-fold question. How do you deal with a toxic mentor? And how do you end it? You run. Let me let me <laughs> <laughs> you, <laughs> you run. You run. How, how, I mean, naturally, spiritually, what perspective does it matter which direction we're talking? Because it could be two different ways of approaching it. Um, um Actually, you know, either way, because, and the reason why, because these questions may sound kind of basic, but it really is an in-depth kind of thing, because there are a lot of people who are in dysfunction and don't even realize that they're in a dysfunctional connection with, with someone. Gotcha. Here's, here's my, the first question that I would ask, or not the first question I would ask, but when you talk about an exit strategy, from what is what I would say, some a relationship that's no longer beneficial for this season, mm-hmm. then um, it depends on how you started the relationship. If you started okay. the relationship with a formal conversation about mentorship, then I think you you should be personal enough to have that same conversation to thank them for everything because now they know that they no longer need to be on the hook. You know, that's as true. far as looking out for you, expecting that type of communication. If it was informal, as you're saying, uh, Ruth, which I believe that you're rolling towards, if it was informal, meaning, hey, I've just been observing you and asking you questions. I don't ask you no more questions. I just, 
<laughs> right. Nobody <laughs> got that to ask you, sir. <laughs> I just go somewhere else. <laughs> true, true. I, I agree. And it and it can be very hard breaking toxic relationships. Um I think even let's even use the whole domestic violence situation as a topic of discussion where mm-hmm. after some time, because it has been happening for so long or so often, it now becomes a norm for you. Mm. And when something becomes a norm for you, for you to kind of click and realize this is not normal behavior, that takes prayer, that takes um, looking into some different resources that shows you what is the right path or what is the right way or how should this kind of relationship be. And so an exit strategy would be one, definitely go into prayer as to how you want to address the person because the person has to be addressed, whether it's naturally, spiritually, you have to address the person. Even if they weren't the one to do you wrong, mm-hmm. you realize that throughout the course of the relationship, sometimes you have to bite the bullet and still out of respect, thank them like Arthur just shared for what they've done so far. I've spoken to many people that believe that they've poured into me and I would sit back like, you you ain't do, my, you ain't do nothing. But out of respect, I'm going to say thank you. However, it is time for me to transition into a different branch or a different category or a different, whatever the case may be. Okay. So having a respectful conversation, but definitely starting in prayer as to what is your next move going to be? And not only just what is your next move going to be, at what point did it become toxic where I thought that this was okay? Because you don't want to leave a toxic situation just to jump back into another one because you're okay, you're being accepted by the next party. And so where did it get toxic and how do I now refrain from the thought process that this toxic behavior is okay? So I'm now not repeating the same cycle all over again. And you can't get through that without prayer and getting having the proper discernment and having the Holy Ghost really just tell you, okay, this is where you went off. This is where you went off course. And here's what you can do futuristically so that you're not back in the same position again. So prayer and having a respectful conversation. Now, now, when you, when you say, and just look, I know I'm the lone Mississippian on the school. <laughs> All right, Mississippi. So, uh, so I might have a level of understanding that's not quite at y'all's level. So let me make sure that that that, that we all, you know, apples and oranges here. Right. Um, when you say toxic, what do you what do you mean by that? I mean, describe what you would consider an environment where it's toxic. Toxic in the aspect of like the way how like they treat you, they're demeaning in their words to you. And and they say that you know well if I don't ever really talk to you like this then you you never really know you know how to how to how, how to, to become better um, everything that they say is is, is just harsh um, they're disrespectful if you guys are out somewhere they they treat you like a slave you know hold my bags walk behind me do this do that don't do this don't do that um, almost to the point that I swear like if you are if you're not gonna comply with them. They'll leave you, and because that's all that you, and that's all that you, that you, you may have known, it's kind of like you're broken because now the only, the only person that you ever looked, looked up to has, has thrown you away. Like yes, this trash. It's almost kind of like branding in a sorority, where in yes. order to be accepted as as the good one, I have to now suffer abuse. Yes, for the sake of being accepted as a mentee or a spiritual child. Yes. Yeah, no, run. Mm-mm, that ain't it. Sorry. <laughs> does, that, does that give you uh, more clarity, um, fam? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm good now because you know I think what you describe, what you describe, um, kind of brings me back to mind the the term I think uh, Ruth used of someone that's creating a twin. Mm, okay. So, so if you're in a if you're in a formal training program, again, let's differentiate mentorship from training. <laughs> If you're in a training program, I mean, I, I come from a military background, so harsh, tyrannical leadership, I've seen it, seen plenty of it. Right. And it works. It, it, sometimes it works in that setting, especially when you're talking scenarios where um, where lives are on the line and, and violence is, is at hand. Um, you, don't, you, you don't have time to play nice. Um, <laughs> right, of course. It's, it's, and, so, and so in that in that uh employment sector that type of leadership is sometimes uh accepted or tolerated let's put it that way okay um but in that scenario in that scenario i would question whether or not it's a mentor relationship or if it's in a training relationship so again it, i think it goes back to hey what is what is the nature what is the nature of the relationship because uh, people I mentor, I usually don't see often. Uh, mm. We might even communicate often. Um, there may be, you know, periodic check-ins. Hey, how's everything going? How did this go? If they share with me a decision that they're, you know, in a valid decision about, give them some free chicken, a little advice, this, that, and the other. Hey, hey, how's free how, chicken? Not free chicken. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You drop, drop a little free chicken on them and keep it moving. And, um, <laughs> And uh, but you want to, but you just want to know kind of what happens. So people that I'm training, mm-hmm. I have more of a hands-on interaction, with. right? And it's a, and it's a different relationship. So a person may think you ask for mentorship, and they thinking that okay, I'm here to train. Well, that's two different relationships. Mm. <laughs> you know, but does the disrespect make it okay because it's two oh, different relationships? Now, now, I, I'm I'm glad you said that, Ruth, my girl. So, um, <laughs> so, so then, so, so, but here's the thing about it. You got people who respond well to more direct, uh, type of counsel. And again, how was that person trained and mentored? That is of the utmost importance of understanding. What was the school of mentorship that that person thinks that they got or training? But as a, but as I would tell you this, at that point, it's just another relationship. When right. I say it's just another relationship, a mentor relationship, a coach relationship, a trainer relationship, a spiritual father relationship, they're all relationships. And in all relationships, the line of the line of respect, love, and uh, and discretion have to be understood. And so you have to you have to establish that boundary with anybody, whether it's a person you're respecting, whether it's a family member or a joker on the street, they're just a level of just yeah. there's no decorum yeah. that we're gonna stick with, and it ain't gonna be beyond that, and it's just not acceptable. I don't care who is coming. Yeah. Right, right, right. That's when you just sure. have to be a grown man and grown woman and set the boundary of hey, this is what's acceptable in our communication, this is what ain't. So now my question is, where do we, at what point, because, you know, like you said, there's no school of mentorship, there's no school of spiritual parenting, at what point 
do we now distinguish what is appropriate versus what isn't? Because a lot mm-hmm. of behavior that we see in 2022 is considered appropriate and it's not. Um, and not even just down to the speaking, just in regards to just how you overall treat treat your child. We, we're parents. We know how to treat our children um, and still allow them to be expressive and and to be who they are as individuals. We know there's a limit as to certain things that we can do. So for the sake of, I'm not going to be the one to build you up while also breaking you down. And so at what point do we distinguish what is appropriate and what is now toxic? Oh, oh yeah. It's, it's, it's whether one, I mean, one of the first and foremost things that, that, I mean, from a biblical standpoint is, is the truth spoken in love. Absolutely. The I th- see, there we go. The word right here, love. There we go. <laughs> What's the truth? What's the love? Love is about love is about understanding that there is a value that I have as a person. Mm-hmm. Is it a truth that's spoken to me to increase my value or decrease it? That's good. Mm. Okay. Is it is it is it affirming my value, or is it or is it const- or destructive to my or to my sense of value? So we can speak the truth. Truth, truth in of itself is good, but truth without love can kill. Absolutely. Okay. Because the question is, what is the heart of the person delivering the truth? If the truth is spoke, if the truth is spoken in love, I'm gonna feel valued by all, but while also understanding that now here's the other side. The other side is what what, what you would call toxic, Omar, and mm-hmm. what you would call toxic, Ruth. I may not call toxic just because. We may love each other. We love each other the same, but right. that don't mean we treat everybody the same because we're Absolutely. different. Absolutely. I'm going yeah. to respond to a, a, a certain way people speak differently than you are, differently than y'all too, just because I am who I am. God has designed me how he's designed me. There's a way that I tick and there's things I receive well from, and there's some things I'm just going to shut down on. It, just, it is what it is. Yeah. And so, um, and so, so when a person understands where that is not received in love, at, at, at that point where you don't feel the truth that was spoken to you is in love, you don't let it continue. You stop it at the first occurrence. The or you, first. The, 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 the very first occurrence is the time. Tell the people, please, Arthur. Tell the people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. First occurrence. Is where you because now, if it's not if it's not done at the first occurrence, there is the understanding that this is acceptable. Absolutely. Okay, so big bro. Uh, yeah. So l- let me ask this question. So let's say that you and someone you guys are mentor mentee, and and you you've been going at it for a while, and now all of a sudden in the beginning it was good. You know they they're helping you grow. They're helping you to achieve your mark. But then after a while, it's like now they're saying, you know, now you got to pay me. Now, I do believe in honoring those that mentor you that if you feel led, you should, you know, honor them with something that as, as you feel led to. However, it's, it's like almost like a thing now as to like whether spiritual or secular, if I'm going to be your mentor, you got to pay me. So how the demand you, on the anointing. Right. So, <laughs> so then how do you do something like that? Yeah, so so I think I think what's important and I and I think that um that Ruth hit it earlier. Okay. It is like look, 
at, at some point, we have to establish up front what's the nature of this thing. Is this a nature where it is an expectant of pay as you go type of deal? <laughs> okay. or, I mean, that's as, that's about as transparent as you can have it because <laughs> I, I can't even be mad at that. Am I for it? Not necessarily. But you ain't finna come in my space and we established that we getting paid and we don't. I respect it, Arthur. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean that that has to that has to be established right up front. True. I mean, what's the expectation? Uh not only what's the expectation of the mentor, what's the expectation of the person that's that's needing the mentorship? Mm. Is this a is this a is this a a an agreement where there is a, a financial compensation? Well, now it's a business arrangement. Okay. Okay. Now it's business, and it's okay. It, it it's okay to do business if that's the type of mentor relationship you're looking for. But if you're looking for, but then I will also ask from the men, from the person that want the mentorship, what's the time demand that you're expecting of this mentor? Mm. Because people, people, I mean, you know, I mentor a lot of people. I don't charge them for it. Why? Because most of the people I mentor, it's in the flow of a natural relationship we already have. Right. Absolutely. So because of the nature of our relationship that we already have, they know that they can ring the phone, hit me a text, do whatever, and I'm going to get back with them, you know, at my earliest opportunity, and I'm going to get with them, find out what's up. We're going to chop it up, do what we do, right. you know, talk about some things, drop some free chicken on them. I'm going back to Fit Day 12 and let them live their life. You, but, you like chicken a lot, Arthur. <laughs> you just really we 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 can dig it. I could dig, is it church's chicken? What y'all got down there? Like you like a lot of chicken, Arthur. <laughs> no, it's just it's just you know it's just free. It's just free, but it don't necessarily it don't necessarily hit everybody's palate the same. So I'm not gonna. <laughs> <it's just> <laughs> so, so you know, um, so so when it comes to that, you know, when it comes to that, it, it's a it's a hey, you know, what is the what is the nature the nature of the relationship in the beginning is right. going to establish a lot about how it's going to continue. If this is somebody I don't know, we have no type of relationship, and now I'm asking them to devote their time to develop me. Okay, I might want to I might want to go into this thinking that hey. This person might not want to do this for free. If I don't, if we don't already have that relationship. If we all have a relationship, we're already chopping it up anyway. And I'm already, you know, and we, you know, we already have that that type of connection. Mm -hmm. Then yeah, that's that's cool. But you know, there can't be the understanding that people are just gonna invest time and time and time and the and the and the relationship not be mutually beneficial. Right, 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 right. What I consider mutually beneficial is watching someone succeed in what they're and what they're going through. Because I never look for the payment. Because one, people don't come to me in form. People don't come to me for formal mentorship. It's just people that's in my circle that I know, whether it's relatives, whether it's friends, whether it's people in business, people in church, or whatever. You know, we just pour. I just, I, you know, part of my DNA makeup is pouring into people. I'm gonna yeah. do it whether you, I'm gonna do it whether you want me to or not. It's just kind of who I am, right? Um, yeah. But that's not my job. I have a job, and my job is X, Y, and Z. And I can, can you tell the people that too. one more time, Arthur? Say, I got a job. <laughs> say that one more time, Arthur. I got a job. Yeah, yeah, I got a job. yeah. I already have an occupation that's gonna hit me up for at least forty hours a week. Um, Guaranteed. Uh, uh, Praise the Lord. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, from uh from 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 midnight Saturday to eleven fifty nine p.m. on Friday, they gonna hit me up for at least forty <laughs> hours. Okay, 
And uh, what benefits? I already kind of understand that. So, so, so when it comes down to now someone wanting to draw from me and draw from experience, there are people who their mentorship is part of their livelihood. Right, 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 right. So if you want to get something free from someone that's a business person, then that's not the person you want mentorship from if you ain't got some ends to come up with. You know, yeah. so so it, so it all it, it really does come down to what is the nature of the relationship and establishing that up front. Is this a business arrangement or is this something that 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 you're allowing me to draw from because I'm already in your circle of them? Mm. But now I, I'll speak for myself just to be transparent that sometimes not not as of lately, but like I know in times past that you know when, when, when I was in my 20s that there have been there have been people that you know I thought would, would have been a really good mentor but there really was never nothing established as far as like the boundaries or or what was to be expected so I, I think because that never happened everything kind of just got derailed so for people who don't know how to properly do that you know what I'm saying because and the reason what the reason why I'm saying this is because nowadays it's like if if you want to be anything, period, whether it be a pastor, or a mentor, a, a a psychologist, a therapist, you can go online, pay fifteen dollars, get some. Listen, Groupon, Groupon got a life coach deal going on. The you know, <laughs> God is buying the life coach deal. Right. Just... So it, it's like to get that, and then it's like okay, you come and then you mentor people, but it's like. People don't know how to properly go into it or or not it because me, sometimes a mentee may not know to ask these questions. And mentors don't necessarily be like, okay, let me do it. Because people now are, are all about numbers. Yeah, I have like 15,000 like mentees. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, if I got 15,000 mentees, I'm expecting payment. That's a job. <laughs> Period. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's a job right that's there. That's a whole man. career. Yeah, I, I would put it like this. And okay. this this just me, me personally. Yeah, go for it. Um, because of, and probably it comes from the, the my school of training from a military standpoint. <clears throat> generally, generally, I have kind of a, a kind of a five finger rule. Mm -hmm. Meaning, meaning um, I generally, I, I generally won't try to affect or influence more than five people at a time okay because because it gets outside of my span of control and the time demand gets too great mm. and so because i also have a family yeah and i have a job yeah and i have ministry yeah so i have a life that 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 didn't include nothing about mentoring before <laughs> before i started true you know talking and dealing with people that's why People that's already in my flow of life are the ones that, from my standpoint, that I pour into. But what? Because it, 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 there's not another time drain or time demand. Mm -hmm. Because I know I have, I mean, I, I think y'all heard, you know, I got you know, five kids and a wife. Five. Uh, five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, you know, it, it is what it is. Yeah. I, I, I've been blessed. You know, I'm not mad at all. Not mad at anybody. Got more or less. You know, five is what I do. 
Praise the Lord. Me. I'm I'm so, everybody <laughs> give me a lemonade right now. <laughs> so when you're looking at that, when you're looking at that from a from a ment- from a, a person that's seeking mentorship, uh, again, that's why I think back to the media thing, mm-hmm. the art of the personal connection sometimes gets lost. It's the understanding of what's the context that I'm searching for mentorship from a person that already has time to me. So what can I do? A little bit, um, big bro, like you mentioned about what? the art of personal connection. Can you um, elaborate on that a, a little bit? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So uh, the art of personal connection and, and, and talking to Ruth, I think she, I think she feel this as well, and 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 and, and will probably agree with this. The art of personal connection is who is the person when you pick up the phone that they hear your voice, they know the difference if you if you're lying to them about how you really do. Absolutely, mm. relationship. Yeah, like covenant, like, like, covenant. Like, yeah, yeah. Like I know, I know you as a person. I've heard your voice. I've looked in your eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you look in my eye. At some point in time, I've shaken your hand. You shaking my hand. Yeah. Meaning that there is, there is the, there is the art. That there is the art. Here's the thing about it. Media, <laughs> media, media. And I'm sorry that I go into this, Leave but. But 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 media in and of itself is a go between to connect two people. Telephone is a, telephone is a form of media. Uh, you know, internet, social, whatever we want to call it. But the what I find was 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 one of the most effective means, which we're kind of I think we're losing the art of, is being able to take all the artificial go betweens out of the way and meet face to face. Okay. Very true. Very true. Face to face, where I get to not only because face to face, face to face, you can't hide your body language from. Right. Yeah. 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 I know if you look at me in the eye. I know. I know if you're. I knew what the look in your eye says because we've spent that type of time together. There, there's an investment. There's an investment where I didn't need a go between to get to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know the person's heart. Exactly. So now, yeah. exactly, I, I I got your heart. Meaning, there's a heart connection. Meaning that there's a personal touch there. And so, what happens is, is that, is that when we're only doing it through, when we're only doing it through, uh, you know, when we're only doing it through tweets and tweets and keystrokes, uh, there's only there is a loss. There is a part of communication that you cannot get without the person standing in front. Of you. Wow. That's meaning so I can't true. see your eye contact because the eyes are the window of the soul. I can't yeah. see your eyes. I can't see how, what your body language is. I can't see the frown, the raised eyebrow. You know, now through telephone, at least I can get the change in your voice tone or the hesitation on a question. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That gives, that gives me the cues of how you're really receiving. And you get the cues of how I'm delivering because now you're seeing my body language as well as I'm seeing yours. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now covenant I believe can't be what, built, covenant can't be built if we're not close. There's no way we can build covenant. Say that. Not, have we got to be close? Covenant has requires us to be close at some point. And so I can't build a marriage just being on Facetime. And people take covenant as just a marriage. No, that's any relationship. Can't be built when we're far apart just on FaceTime or you know, sending insta stories and laughing and thinking that you have an intense relationship. It it just yeah, it just doesn't work. Yeah, because once we get to that point, 
I'm just giving you information. Right. Yep. But uh, but there's no personal investment. Nope. Okay. And so and so so in that in that type of setting, you know, to me, it's just me. And it's again, it's not twinning. Yeah, go for it. Cloning, but it's a when we when we have a when we have the personal touch, the personal touch now allows me to use media effectively. Mm. You'll know what to send, how to send, what's appropriate, what's not, what's conducive to one's spirit, what isn't. Absolutely, exactly. it comes with I've learned, I've learned that from dealing directly with the person without media. Absolutely, mm. without a go-between. Wow. Okay. Um, That's why me and you, Omar, we can talk for years. Oh, why? Yeah. Because there was a time when we were face-to-face a yeah. lot. So that now that we're longer face-to-face, you know me and I know you. Yes, sir. So I could just about picture your, I could about picture your facial expressions based on how you respond on the phone. Yes, sir. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's true. It's so true. It's so yeah. true. And these are things that people have to consider when mentoring. I love the point that you said, Arthur, if I can go back to that, go where you it. said you have the five fingers that you don't pour into more than five people at a time because you're bandwidth. You have a whole life, you know, outside of mentoring. And it's so important that we know that we're not called to mentor everybody and everybody isn't your mentor. Like it just, it's the reality of it. And because people don't realize that everybody isn't a mentor. And for those who claim to be mentors, they're taking on assignments that they shouldn't be taking on. Everybody's just misaligned. So it's so important that we as mentors realize everybody's just not for me. I can only do but so much and I'm sticking to with what I can do. It's it's amazing that that's an encouragement to other mentors who feel like have the world on their shoulders and take on every assignment that comes before them. You don't even get to pour into those people the way you should because you're just taking everybody on like it's Skittles. So I, I just had yeah. to say that I love that. But yeah, I just had to say that I love that point because sometimes it's very hard for us as mentors to know the limit as to what we can handle and what we can't and not be made felt bad about it. I, I think that's wonderful. You make a point about... um about people taking on more than what they should, like h- how can how can people really deal with that? I mean, besides Brian, because again, some so, some people don't know that there's some mentors who who will literally take on people knowing good and well that they don't have the capacity to do so, and then that person now now feels like they're being deprived of any information, even though the mentee is genuine about want to have that but because the mentor the, um the person that's the mentor you know one just having just to have them even though they didn't know that they can't really you know uh fulfill that need they're damaging someone that they, they, they're, they're breaking that person's spirit they're delaying time and that person's purpose in the earth can you talk a little bit more um about that well, if you are taking on assignments that you know you can't handle, I really now have to question your heart and intention on what it is to be a mentor to people. Okay. Um, a lot of people have been doing that where it becomes now a number game. I have X amount of mentees and 
you know, in conversation. We know in the church world, in the leadership world, Omar, you yeah, and yeah, I know yeah. this very, very well. It's always a competition of who has the most such and such. And, you know, I have X amount of pastors. I have X amount of mentees, X amount of prophets. And you're wondering how effective are they really are like what what is really happening and so if you're now taking on an assignment that you know you are not in the bandwidth to be able to handle I question your intention I question your heart I question your actual call to really mentor people it's okay to say no it's okay to hand this assignment over to somebody else because you're not in a space to be able to handle it mentoring should not cost me my own family mentoring should not cost me my own mental space mentoring in a capacity where i can't handle it is not going to get me closer to god or into heaven quicker and right. so knowing to say no when you can't handle it is actually the first step of great mentorship listen i can't handle it but i care for your soul here's what i can suggest for you me taking on an assignment that i know that i can't handle is a disservice to you and how fair is that to you i look at mentorship even as my own children, like there gets to a point where if there's something that I can't do, all right, Papa, Mommy can't do this. Let me find somebody else that can help us with this. So knowing what is just not for you and saying no to it and not being willing to put everybody at risk because you want to just collect numbers. It's not it shouldn't be just numbers. Well, I think uh, think another side of that. And this is this is giving grace to the mentors who may be. Uh, in over their head. Okay. When I say in it over head, they've taken on more than they can handle. Go for it. Um, I think not many people will question Moses as being an effective leader. Okay. Most people won't won't question that 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 that, that Moses was an effective leader. Yeah, he lost his job in the end because you know he got a little uh, a little hot tempered and you know struck out himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 a little bit. <laughs> But but I mean all in all 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 in all what he did to push along the progression of God's kingdom, um, most people hold Moses in esteem in high esteem. Yeah. That being said, when Moses when Moses brought the uh, people out of Egypt, it was his father-in-law when he visited that saw that Moses was being worn out because he was trying to take on every problem of every person. Mm-hmm. And he's the one that suggested to Moses that he appoint people over captains of hundreds, captains of thousands, hundreds, fifties, and ten. Mm-hmm. Let them handle those matters and bring only the hard things to him. Yeah. So we assume sometimes that mentors have been taught proper organizational leadership. But that's not always the case. <laughs> okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so sometimes a person has the best of intentions. Mm, okay. It's not that they were necessarily seeking numbers. I do believe there's people whose hearts are right. Yeah. But just right. haven't realized that the word "no" is anointed. Um, sure. I mean, from the glory of God. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, 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 it relieves burdens. It, it removes burdens and destroys yokes. I promise. You. Listen. <laughs> 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 but uh, um, but what happens is is that is that sometimes sometimes people have not been raised in the school of understanding bandwidth and organizational leadership. 
how much but they you can said take something, off. Arthur. If I could cut you off, I'm so sorry. So, but you said something. His 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 father-in-law realized that he was taking on more than he can chew, and he was able to suggest that okay, you start delegating people appropriately. But that comes with relationship, and so now you have to be able to say, from what perspective, it, um, am I? coming to you to be my mentor do I have relationship with you enough to know that this is something that you can't handle because if I did I wouldn't even approach you to be a mentor in the first place you know yeah, what I mean? so yeah I mean most people most people going to a mentor are thinking about themselves not the mentor mm-hmm. absolutely <laughs> true true it's true I mean, be but told, if I have relationship with you I am going to put that into consideration before I even approach you as a exactly. mentor, I can I can have that relationship with you and still pull from you when necessary, or, or you can call my phone when it's necessary. But there doesn't have to be an official title where you feel obligated to do certain things, and now you're putting yourself in a space where you've gone beyond your bandwidth. Mm. Exactly, exactly. So if I so, know, I'm not I'm not gonna bother you. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, but if it's if it's going, if someone's going into because this is the person that they feel can give them the most effective guidance, then sometimes at that point, our uh, discretion in choosing a mentor can be sometimes, uh, uh, it can be kind of marred by the filter of my own soul and what I want, not whether or not whether this person can really give it. Okay, okay. Um, so In this season. Okay. <clears throat> so I want to kind of just briefly discuss, I guess, about, and this is for you, big bro. Um, about examples and examples. Okay. You know, um, most because, you know, yes, you know, it, it, it's the. I think you mentioned it earlier in regards to you know having that in person touch and you know um being able to be in a relationship with the person, but people not not fully understanding the dynamics of, you know, hey, you know what. Um, there's gonna be a time that I'm an example for you, and then there's gonna be a time I swear I'm an example. It's like some people feel like you must be. It's like you must be one or the other at all times. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, it's the it's, it's the difference in it's. I put like this. It's like um. Let me let me give you a good example. Let me get wait. Let me give you an example. Okay, uh, talk to us. So let's say, uh, so say you got a a a, a pastor who okay. wrote a book, right? And he wrote a book kind of chronicling life lessons and this thing and other. Well, that in that book, in that book, he's an example for everybody. Mm-hmm. But he's really only an example to the person who has the ability to personally see it model perform. Mm. So, so. You can share, you can get, you can get, you can get wisdom from Colin Powell, you know, God rest his soul, you know, good. You can get wisdom from Colin Powell. Right. But you may not, you may have never been in his circle of influence where you actually got to see it. Mm. Yeah. Okay. You know, and so, and so, and as a, and as a, and as a person, this, and this even goes from, from mentorship, even to just basic, let's call it discipleship. Okay. Because, <laughs> Because in a in a in a realm of in a realm of discipleship, what what has to be understood is that the responsibility for learning is still on the student. On the mm. student. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
the the responsibility of learning, learning, understanding, and applying is more so on the student. Absolutely. Wow. So, at that point, at that point, do I do I? Do I need this? Do I need all this person time, or can I? Or there's some things I can just observe, or is there a book that I can read? Right. So sometimes, right. so sometimes, sometimes, sometimes the the people seeking mentorship are lazy. This is true. You know what? There, there's some lazy people. A, you know, listen. You know, if I said it, I would have got in trouble. But they be lazy sometimes. I, I agree. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll relieve y'all of any trouble y'all gonna get into. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have those. I don't have those liabilities. No, you're <laughs> Sometimes people are lazy and they don't want to put personal effort to learn. Right. And and they're wanting spoon fed, pre digested stuff for them. Mm. Okay. Twenty twenty two. That is so scary. Uh, well, I would tell you. It was it was true in 2022, 2012, 2002, 1992, 1982. True. There are lazy people Very. when it comes to learning. Learning discipleship, you know, Jesus put it this way. He's like, look, man, the the the, the planter plants the seed. Yeah. Once the planter plants the seed, the ground is gonna dictate what happens to it. what happens yes. to the yes. seed. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. So, so there's a responsibility for growth that is still on the student. That's why, that's why the mentor, the, you don't need the mentor all the time. The mentor gives you something. Then what are you doing with what's been given? Okay. Nothing. That's what it is. Nothing. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, there is a, there is a side of the relationship. There's a side of the relationship where I have to ask, am I wanting this person to make me something or to help me become something? Yeah, mm. yeah. It's because different. if I want them to make me something, this is when you get into the toxic relationship. Now, okay, yeah. I'm trying to make you into something that you're. You got to be in order, in order, in order, in order for clay, in order for clay to be made in a pot, it has it has to be malleable. It has yeah. to be. It Absolutely. has to have the ability to take on shape and form. And it shape, can, yeah. It, it can, you ain't you ain't making clay out of a brick. It's you're not gonna make a pot out of a brick. It's too right. hard. Right. So I need some pliability. There has to be some pliability. And also here's a here's the second thing, and this Go is free it. chicken. Free chicken. Uh, <laughs> free chicken right there. You can call it you can call it teriyaki fry, whatever you want to do with it. But but here's here's a very important question. Go for it. Is the mentor still learning. Wow. Is that person still growing? Listen. Are they still Listen. are they still are they still open to mentorship themselves? Talk about it. Talk about it. Talk about it. It's so true. It they, 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 they can and, and sometimes you'll be learning from your mentee and don't even realize it. There ought to and be a okay. duality. Yeah, a duality in the relationship. Yeah, I'm your mentor, but there might be certain things that maybe I just don't know in a different capacity, and I've learned that from you. And that's fine. But people make it seem as if mentors are not in a space to be learning anything anymore. And shame on those who feel like they've arrived, to be quite honest, because so many feel like they have mastered their area and there's no room for them to learn anymore. 
but there can absolutely be a duality in the mentor and mentee relationship. Absolutely. Wow. Um, so wait, question for the both of you, because I think you both kind of just really hit uh, like a nerve there just now with, uh, I think most, most of my listeners in regard, what do you say to those who they're a mentee, they're a good mentee. However, their mentor, their mentor feels intimidated by them, by their gifts or talents. Then that's not your mentor. Or are we speaking in a spiritual perspective? Because then you're under the wrong, then you're under the wrong space because as a parent, let's say this is a spiritual parent, it is my responsibility to not muzzle you from your ability to do certain things. I am to nurture you. And as a parent, it is my job to now make you better at something that I've ever did. I don't expect my son to do just what I've done. I expect him to go above and beyond what I've done. Right. As a mentor in the natural setting, for you to be intimidated by what I do, there's nothing I can do about it. My paycheck reflects my ability. It's just the reality of it. I'm getting paid to do something, and if I feel like I'm in a space where I'm not being respected enough, or I feel like I have more to give and it's not being honored, I need to now find the right space where what I can do is honored. Mm. But the, I should be in no way, shape, or form muzzling who you are and your ability and your gift as a person. I think you feel to realize that even if somebody were to come spiritually and they have a gift that you don't possess or they have the ability to use it beyond your capability as a parent, it's a reflection on you as the parent. Yeah. I, I make I make you look good. I make you look good. And everything that you can pour, whether you think it's too little or too big. I am here in a space where I can always learn. Mm. Whenever I leave that space where I feel like I can't learn, no matter how much I've mastered this gift, that's when there is going to be a disconnect. My head is going to get too big. But just because I have a gift that I may consider or you may consider better than you, I, I should not be muzzling it. That That is, I've missed the mark as a spiritual parent. And at that point, I need to... This is this is also why you don't be calling everybody mammy and pappy. Out there, am I right? You don't be calling everybody mammy and pappy. Everybody got spiritual parents running left and right. They picking them off Groupon. They going on Instagram. <laughs> they just grabbing parents left and right and get upset when the parent cannot acknowledge what they possess and help them grow from it. Mm. Who who sent you there? Who sent you there? My goodness. Well, and then th- then there has to be this too. There has to be. There has to be the examination of, um, you know, I would tell you that, you know, and we could just, this is go secular. I could tell you that as a young baseball player, there are times when I thought the coach should put me in the game when I would really, when I really wasn't ready. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Cause we go tag team on this here preacher. Go ahead for it. So, go for it. So, so there, there's also, there's also the understanding of, of my, my evaluation of when I'm ready and someone else's evaluation of when I'm ready may not coincide. Wow. So the question is, do I trust that person's judgment and wisdom? Absolutely. We go to, to wait or am I so convinced in my readiness to take on? And I'll tell you a personal example. Um, and this was in the in the in a in a in a church realm. Okay. Uh, I went to I went to a former pastor of mine, 
Mm-hmm. And I told him that I believe I believe it was my season to to pastor to 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 launch out and pastor, and uh, and and this person uh, he and his first lady sat me and my wife down, and they told me they didn't think I was ready. Now I knew I was a teacher. They knew I was a teacher. They knew I was an effective teacher. Um, I believe that I was an effective teacher, but they told me that they didn't believe it was it was it was a season for me to do that. And they told me that, and it it, it hurt, it crushed. I mean, I was, I was I was hurt by that, uh, really was. Um, but I had a choice to make. Yeah. Do I strike out on my own and go the way that I believe, quote unquote, the Lord is leading me, or do I heed my pastor's counsel? Okay. Mm-hmm. I can tell you, I heeded my pastor's counsel, and in time. I saw the wisdom of it myself, and I said, good. "I'm glad they kept me from that mistake." Wow! But but you said something clear, like you have to have the discernment and the wisdom to know that the person is coming from the right space to be able to say, "You're not ready for this," and and you you your spirit has to be in a place where you can accept it. I've also seen cases where I've seen pastors belligerently say, "I just don't want you to," and so at at what point? Is is it distinguished? Like, do you step back from that? Like, you're intentionally muzzling me now at this point. Like, there's no reason, there's no spiritual connotation behind it. You're just flat out saying, "I just don't want you to." Now, now, Ruth, we're gonna go back to the to the to the distinction you made early. Bring it back. Let's what bring I, it back, Arthur. <laughs> what I just what I just gave you was an example of spiritual authority and parent to someone who was in their congregation right absolutely the person that was not my mentor that was my pastor and as a pastor there's a way i receive from a pastor that i don't receive from a mentor mm-hmm. absolutely as a pastor if a person is my pastor that may i mean we may be going a little off but we're we no, gonna trust the lord and the holy spirit but as a pastor, if someone is my pastor, what I am saying is mm-hmm. the things that they are saying to me, I receive it as if God told me himself. Yep. I right. trust the God in you. Absolutely. That's the, that's, that is the distinction between a pastor and a mentor. Mm. A mentor, what I give you, you have, and, and not that you don't with a pastor, but with the pastor, the expectation is if he's giving you what does say at the Lord, that you got enough common sense to follow what the Lord say. Uh, but with yeah. the, with a mentor, with a mentor, I'm literally giving you again my favorite term. I'm literally giving you free chicken. You can eat it or leave it. It's not going to affect my life one way or another. That's right. No, nope, because you're going to be hungry. I'm, I'm not because I have my chicken already. Like what? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So so with so he, 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 and it goes it goes back to your your earlier question. A, a mentor relationship should never become toxic because you're not making me do anything. Mm. I could choose to ask you. I could choose not to. <laughs> right. I could choose to follow your advice. I could choose to use your advice and then go seek the counsel of two and three others. So in the mouth of two or three, that the truth would be established. That the truth would be established. Yep. So with the so what I find with a with with the with with the mentor relationship, 
there is an openness and a freedom to understand that I am merely giving you advice. I'm not telling you what to do. Now, if I'm giving you my advice and you don't heed it, then when you come back and I ask about the results, okay, good. If it was wisdom, then the fruit, the fruit of wisdom gonna be there. If it was foolishness, it's gonna be, the there. Yep. It's gonna be there. Yep. Now, big bro, um, I'm glad that you said what you said at uh, that point because I didn't I didn't even know you, you said it, but um I have a friend and she's okay with me um saying this, but I'm about I won't call her name. Okay, um, good. Don't put don't put all the stuff out. <laughs> they put the stakes out, they put the stakes out. <laughs> so so what happened is is that um essentially she looked at her pastor as her pastor and her mentor. But what she began to realize is that the pastor was only using her because she made the most money in the church. So whenever, <clears throat> so whenever like the church would need money for whatever the case may be, he would always call upon her with that, and she, and she felt a certain kind of way about it because, you know, she, she felt she, she felt as if like, well, you know, they're doing too much or, or what have you. Um, but when she went to him. He he rebuked her and told her that she wasn't really heeding heeding um, the voice of God, and so she ended up leaving um, the church broken. So now she 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 don't have a pastor or a mentor. So she's kind of like in a space where as like she's she's lost, she's broken, she don't know what to do. So what advice would you say to, to people who are like that, even in, in, in her um case? I got you. Uh... Here's a here's here's where uh, Ruth's statement from earlier comes into play, and it okay. comes to a, 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 a amount of maturity. You have to have you have to be super mature to be able to differ, to differentiate pastor from mentor if they're operating in both roles. Okay. There is. A, because because there is a there is an expectation because here's the thing the pastor is never gonna stop pastoring but he can right. stop mentoring the pa the pastor is never gonna stop pastoring so when pastors are speaking to you granted there are times we go to pastors for counseling and things like that when you go for counseling they're giving you guidance on what to do steal your decision right. You know, and so, uh, you know, when I'm looking for mentorship, I'm not looking. I'm not looking for you to give me the word of God. Mm. <laughs> I'm looking for you to give me. I'm, I'm looking for you to give me. Share with me your personal experience. Experience. Yep, that's it. I'm not asking for. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not asking for. Thus saith the Lord. I'm asking for. I'm asking for. Uh, advice. And how to progress in a particular thing, because that's not always so cut and dry. Yeah. You know? And so, so anytime, any, anytime you look to a person that has a dual role and function in your life, mm -hmm. there's a maturity to understand when they're up, what to what to expect out of one role versus the other. Okay. Because the pastor is always going to see you if you're a congregate as his congregate first, mm -hmm. generally. 
but he played the role though uh, as to, as to like okay because he is both and because she decided not to allow him to perpetrate her anymore it, it, it's like he can like flop roles that okay because he know that he is pastor and mentor he not is gonna he's not he not is gonna go into the role of pastor and be like okay well you ain't really hear hearing from God yeah well you know then you know then it comes down to <laughs> It still comes down to even with pastors, you know, there still is the trust factor. Okay. How much, how much, how much do I trust the heart of this person towards me? And when the when the trust is gone, then the relationship is at that point no more beneficial. Mm. Wow. I mean. Hello, I mean there has to be an amount of trust. Yeah. That what you're giving, that what you're giving me is for my benefit. And when when trust is gone, I don't care what the relationship is. It could be from a church side, it could be from a business side, family side. When the bridge of trust has been burnt and left smoking, yeah. there ain't there just ain't a whole lot that's gonna cross. How much you left working gonna, with? Right. No, no, there's there, there's nothing there anymore. At that point, it's at that point it's time to transition. And it's either I need to transition to another mentor and allow that person to pastor but be mentored in another vein or venue. Mm -hmm. Or if I can't receive from them as a pastor, then my season with them is done. Mm. And was that relationship established from the beginning that that was both a pastor and a mentor? I don't. Was there ever a differentiation between the two roles? Because some people automatically think that their pastor is a mentor. Is that something that she had in her mind? And now because she had it in her mind, the expectation didn't meet. And so now she's in this space now. That's also something to consider. I don't believe that it was. But I think that that kind of goes along with like what I kind of said earlier is that some people go into these kind of connections, um, you know, without, without any kind of expectation. You know what I'm saying? And they, they don't say, okay, well, you're a pastor or you're this or you're that. They, they just know that they got a need. You can meet this need for this moment or for this season. And they cling to that because... I, go ahead. No, I just feel like we just need to be better as a people. We don't walk into a job and don't have set expectations before we sign a contract. Right. Like if I walk into a job right now, there is a certain salary that I am not budging for because of all of the letters behind my name. If that is not met, then I'm not signing the contract. Like that is established in the initial stages of the of the relationship of the interview. And so if we have to do that naturally, I think it's so essential that we do that spiritually, like Arthur said before, establish the relationship from the beginning so that you're not left disappointed when expectations are not met. Yeah, it's the it's the it's the lost art of just all I hear right now is communication. Yeah, just, yeah. It's just the art of communicating. Let's communicate up front. What is this? What am I? What am I looking for from you? And from a mentor, what am I expecting in return? What can Absolutely. I? What should you expect of me? What should I expect of you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if that's never established, because again, sometimes, sometimes when we're asking for mentorship, we're really asking for training, right? Which is a totally different role. 
But from a mentorship standpoint, you know, mentorship is it it, it is as it is as easy as hey hey, uh, Pastor, you got a question for me? Hey, when this happened, uh, how do you know how to handle these type situations? Boom. Yeah. Right. It's that simple. But if it's but if it's show me how to do this, that, and the other. Okay, I'm asking for training. Mm. <laughs> or co- Teach or, me or how coaching, to- coaching. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm, coaching, I'm asking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, am I asking for mentorship? Or am I asking for coaching? Or am I asking for spiritual authority? That is so good, big bro. Um, but I want to interject real quickly just to l- let my listeners know, you know, thank you for still being tuned in. You know, today's episode is a little bit longer than what you know, we're normally used to, but we want to really make sure that you guys really understand what mentoring is and what mentoring is not. Just the nuances that goes along with it. So many times, like, you know, we go into things without having the full understanding of what could be or what is. And we want to make sure that, you know, we just give you guys as much as possible so that you guys can always, you know, hit me up in, in my DMs at Empower to Excel on Instagram with any questions. And, you know, we definitely can bring Ruth and Arthur back to, you know, answer those questions f- for you guys. But just as final thoughts, what recommendation would you give to someone who is, um, uh, who, who, who is looking for a mentor and how, and how should they go about trying to cultivate it? Okay, got it. Um, I would tell you first and foremost that um, define or understand from your clarity point what is it? What is it that you're really seeking? Mm. Um, you know, as 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 Ruth said earlier, are you are you are you saying you're seeking a mentor, but you really want a coach? Or you saying you're seeking a mentor, but you really want spiritual parenting mm-hmm. it, or, or you really just wanting mentoring and when you say mentoring because one of the uh, most important things and I'm trying to be short Omar but I can't <laughs> go for it and, I know you <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it, it's this one of the most important things is understanding a common definition of the term mm-hmm. yeah because yep. communication is when what's in my mind it's effectively communicated when what's in my mind is in your mind the way I intended it to be. Mm-hmm. We have miscommunicated if I say mentor and you think training. Mm. Okay. So, so defining the terms is really important. What am I really looking for? Mm. Am I looking for someone to train me? Am I looking for someone to parent me? Or am I looking for someone to advise me Mm. or share their counsel, share their experience, share their, uh, you know, the fruit of their life. Um, And so, and really from there, really from there as a, as a, as a, as a, as a person seeking mentorship is now, am I really open to the truths of what they have to say. Wow. Even if it hurts. Am I mature enough to handle it? Mm. Okay. 
And I think in those two things, if I can, if we, if I can clearly define what exactly I'm looking for, mm-hmm. and I can, and I, and I, and I'm at the point where I'm actually ready to receive it from mm-hmm. that person. But as as as, as Ruth so eloquently stated over and over and over, <laughs> the relationship, <laughs> the relationship, because the question is is can I expect that from this relationship based on what I've already observed Yeah, from the person? Right. Yeah, totally. Okay. Caesar. Listen, honestly, I've just said it. Establishing the relationship from the beginning, making the definitions very, very clear. What exactly one are you looking for to be nurtured? Um, that that helps a lot. Is it one issue that you're looking to be nurtured, which is where the mentorship would come in? Is it something that you need training in, which is where the coaching come in? Or is it a space where you need to be ministered to you in your life in various levels, which is where the spiritual parenting comes in? Um, how do you select one? I don't think you should be making any more without prayer. That is now a lost art where we're running to people who seem to have the most following or have the highest views on YouTube and we're not really being led of prayer as to who we should be attaching ourselves to, whether it be through mentoring, coaching, or spiritual parenting. So after you define or figure out what it is you're looking for, really seeking God as to who you should be attached to in this specific season of what you're looking for. Because if you're going about if you're going about it in your own understanding, in your own ways, we tend to, of course, be upset at what the response is going to be because we weren't led of God. So definitely defining what you're looking for and moving through prayer. Let God be the one to help make that proper connection. Okay. Okay. Awesome sauce. Most definitely, you know, every single opportunity that we're presented with is either to help us grow, you know, to learn or to inspire someone. And you both have definitely did that today as you kind of just dove right into what mentoring is and what what mentoring is not. So thank you guys for joining me. Thank you listeners for being a part, you know, and as we continue to Strive to be better. Let's continue to spread positive light and love to everyone. Once again, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at empower to excel Tell your friends to download this podcast, like, comment, subscribe, and share your thoughts with us. Until next time, let's continue to spread positive vibes. Hello? Yeah. Brody. What's good, man? <laughs> I was like, this nigga done forgot me already. Not yo, no. So I, I yo, so I got so much going on and um I'm trying to I'm trying to launch this new church. So I've been uh checking out some spots and doing different things. Mm-hmm. So I I totally forgot. Um the guy hit me yesterday and he was like 10 a.m. and I'm like, I bet. Okay.
So that that's 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 what that that's what that was about. I got a lot of things happening in a short amount of time. So I'm just trying to figure some stuff out and try to maneuver. So that's what it was. What's good though, man? Chilling, <laughs> chilling. Working hard, working hard. So wait, so are you are are you under someone new or no? I'm not under nobody. I'm under Jesus. Come on, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I am mad at you at all. I am mad at you at all. All right. Well, um, on to the topic at hand. All right. Um, so pretty much. Well, the first thing that that you're actually gonna you're gonna have to do is make sure that make sure that you're in ice in, in a quiet area for at least forty five minutes. Um, um we, I, well, I am, I'm driving, but it's still quiet. You don't got it. No music cool. Um, and you want to make sure that your phone is on at least focus or don't disturb so that because it, it picks up everything. Okay, so I put it on do not disturb. Yes. Okay, I just did that. Perfect. So pretty much we're going to talk about the man in the mirror. Okay. And this can go anywhere from uh, ministry to love, power, sex, money, um, all things discussion of manhood. Um, I'm gonna introduce because this is gonna actually be released for Father's Day. Okay. Um, you are a dad of many. <laughs> uh, so you know, but also too, um, it, it it just for you. Like, I you know, I would rather not have the uh, the preacher. <laughs> I rather have just just very you know you know how we do. So yeah. I'm gonna tell you all that. Um, this is not a I'm um, This is not a Christian podcast, right? I remember you said that, right? <laughs> um, because my audience are not this Christian. Like, um, the way how God gave it to me, honestly, the reason why it's not it's not a Christian podcast is because I want to be real with people to say, hey, look, like we get it, we we understand. This is this is how it is. Not saying that like we, we want to put like our faults and our failures out there, but like we want to let people know that we're not trying to fake this thing, trying to make you see, you know, only my success and, and not, not let you see, you know, how how I how I fell trying to get here. Mm. All right. So I'm gonna introduce you and then okay. you can talk talk, talk about, about yourself and we just go from there. Sound good? All right, all right, all right, cool. Let me make sure my, 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 my computer is off and nobody's texting me because everybody, their mama's going to be texting me in, in a minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, don't disturb. Got it. All right. Hey guys, welcome to another amazing episode of Empower to Excel. I am super stoked about this segment. I have my boy, my brother, Dre Rumble with me. I've known, gosh, I've known Dre for years now. Years, and, long time, <laughs> long time. And he's just been consistent, you know, totally consistent um, throughout. Like, he really is like that person that like, when you meet him, that's who you're going to get. You know, the real, the raw. Um, love, love of God, you know, man of God, 
Um, he's also an artist, you know, um, um, also a preacher, one of many hats that he wears. But um, before we begin, you know, all that, um, you know, I'd like to give you guys a little quote to, you know, start off my segments. And today, today's quote is actually from Albert Einstein, who said, try not to become a man of success, but rather try to become a man of value. Mm. And this quote just fits in so good to what we're going to be discussing today. First of all, uh, happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Um, you guys are the real MVPs. You know, um, you hold it down. You hold a pivotal role in the lives of men, you know, and of your daughters and stuff, you know, because they, you are their first love apart from God. So happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Um I, I, I give you props. I give you, you know, your kudos. So, without further ado, please welcome my boy, my brother, Dre Rumble. Welcome, Dre. What's good? What's good? Oh, <laughs> man. Uh, I've been trying to get you on this podcast now for months. Yo, first of all, this is your vein. So even when you told me you was doing this, I was super stoked because <laughs> I definitely, uh, I'm, I wasn't surprised. I was just more so shocked that you actually did it. Uh-huh. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be here. You've always supported anything that I've done. You've always supported my ministry. You've always believed in me. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. I'm upset I wasn't the first guest. But it's all right. <laughs> I'm here now. Yes sir, yes sir, yes sir, yes sir. And you'll be I back. Should've, I should have been number one, but it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Um, so I know I know about you and, you know, but tell my guests, tell my Empower to Excel guest fam about who you are. Who is Dre Rumble? Oh, man. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a thug that loves Jesus. All right. Um, okay. Um, yeah, God is, God has taking me from the streets to the pulpit um and i know we hear i know we hear that a lot like people uh my, my experience is not a jail experience i didn't get locked up and gave my life over to christ i actually got saved in a in a roller skating rink um okay. but when i tell you like i was about that life like i was about that life and um you know i, I grew up in church i don't have that story where i was poor i grew up in the projects like it wasn't nothing like that um you know, I had my stepfather, I had my mother, I had my brothers. Um, but, you know, there was just some internal things that I was dealing with. But with my biological father not really being in my life, um, I didn't have it hard. We weren't poor. We weren't broke. Um, and if we was, I didn't know it. Um, so I don't want to come off and make it seem like I just had this hard life. Um, if I did have a hard life, it was based on decisions that I made. It was based on on things, choices that I made. So, um, you know, I had a praying mother, a praying grandmother, and God is good, and and I'm and I'm here now. That's what's up. That's what's up. That's what's up. Okay. Um, you kind of already tapped into what we're going to talk about, but just before we even do that, um, today we're going to talk about the man in the mirror. Um, so so often I feel like we as men, because society has deemed us to internalize everything, we don't really discuss issues. We don't discuss um, manhood in the light that it should be. If you go to bookstores, if you go online, if you go to whatever, you will see that there are more books, there are more there are more research done to empower women than there are to than, than there are for men. There's not as many. There are some for men, but there's not as many for men because 
you know, we are to give the the uh the idea or the image rather that we are strong and we should be strong in everything. But today we're gonna debuff that myth that you know, even though we can be your Superman, we're still Clark Kent. Mm, that's 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 definitely that's definitely a good point. And I think that's because men were taught not to be emotional. And it's no it's no it's no disrespect to women, but um you brought up something. I, I am I am a rap artist. So yeah. when I was when I was making music, the the main concept was find something that will attract women. They believe that women are ninety eight percent of the consumership. So if a woman likes it, then a man will buy it. Okay. Um, even even when you even when you wear cologne, notice you barely see you barely see a cologne commercial without a woman being involved. Why? Of course. Because if my girl likes this, then this is what I'm gonna buy, so this is what I'm gonna wear. Yeah. Um, so consumership has always been about attracting women. Why? Because women are more emotional. Mm -hmm. Um, they believe that women are easily uh manipulated into buying things. Mm-hmm. We 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 as men we're not reading a book. Nope. Um. The most the most uh the most dangerous thing to society is an educated black man. Yes. Yes. Um. Yep. Hence hence why, um, when you find a man who's brilliant who's smart, they find a way to manipulate him, ridicule him, drag his name in the in the mud. Um. As far as men getting in touch with who they are, or whatever. Um, I think that's the most successful thing a man can do. Why? Because when a man finds out who he is in a positive light, it sheds throughout his family. Okay. General curse, generational curses are not, are not led by women. It's led by a man. Right. You know what oh, I'm saying? I got you. I got you. So, um, so we have to, you know, once once the man get it together, then we we all right. Of course. Um, of course. I mean. When the husband is in place, then then the wife won't be misplaced, and, and the children won't be out of place. I don't, even wanna, I don't even want to say husband because there's people. Well, now, man, sorry. And, 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 and you and you said you said this is not a this is not a Christian thing. No, no, no. Go for it. So I don't even want to delve in that, but because there, there are people who don't believe in marriage. Yeah. There are people who yeah. don't believe you know who don't believe you know they believe it's a business. They believe it's and to to, to each their own. So I don't. That's why I didn't want to use the word husband. Yeah, um, yeah. There's some people who don't believe in the. Uh, the typical traditional idea of marriage. There are there are people who are smart and and they find a way to make whatever they have work. But so I would say when the man is in the home, yeah, um, when man's in the not, home, yeah. but just just not in the home because you can be there and not be there. But when a man is present and active, yes, meaning yes. meaning meaning um, being there. Um, emotionally i'm you know i i try to tell my sons i love them i you know i kiss up on them that don't make them and that don't make them soft that don't that don't that don't make me soft but i want them to know it's okay to show affection it's okay to receive affection it's okay to have your moments okay there's nothing wrong with the with the nigga being loved there's <laughs> It's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, and, totally. And, and, and there's some, that's something I I I had to fight with even even up until this point. Mm. Um, you know, I gave my I was giving my fiance hell because you know what I'm saying. I the way she loved me, I wasn't used to. Right. 
You know what I'm saying? And she was just like, yo, whoever. And at first I was offended by it, but I had to look in the mirror. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And say, you know what? Yeah. You, yeah, you right. And I think a lot of times we as men, the more, the older we get, the more mature we get, there's a lot of things that we have to unlearn if we want to be successful in life. Mm. Um, my, my bishop used to always tell me, sometimes you got to unlearn things to relearn things. Yes. Yes, you know what yes. I'm saying? So if you're growing up, if you're used to something going a certain way or whatever, you know what I mean? And and it's not it, it it's not a positive thing, it's actually making life worse, then you're gonna come into contact with somebody who's gonna be like, you know what? Yeah, that's 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 not really it. That's not the way that's not the way it should go. That's not what it should look like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you totally. know what I'm saying? So um even 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 with women, I, I say the same thing to men. Um, in order to love somebody else, you first got to love yourself. Yes. Yes. And in um, order to love yourself, you got to know who you are, where you're going. So sometimes you just got to take time to focus on you mm-hmm. and, fig- and figure this thing, figure this thing called, called life out. Um, and, and books don't tell the whole story. So no, I, they I, don't. I'm not really a fan. I mean, uh, in, in church, we got an old model, you know, take the meat and throw away the bones. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes you just take what you can, but your best experience is going to come through life. And a lot of times you're going to knock yourself down before you pick yourself back up and you're going to look at things and be like, you know what? Okay, I've been trying this for X amount of years, X amount of months, and this has not been working. So let me try the opposite and see how that goes. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And that's just that's just in my my little my little 37 years of living. Cool, cool. So let me ask you this question. So you know, with people, you know, even as, let's let's just dive into it. Um, when as it relates to just communicating and just the dating aspect, you know, like when a man got like like a really good woman, you know, um, I guess one thing I know even in times past, you know, even with some of the girls that I've dated, you know, I ain't calling no names, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, but I bet my inbox gonna blow up after this. But you know, uh, it is what it is. Um, one thing I've learned from from dating and just even talking to my peers and talking to uh, other older men um, that I've seen is that if all your good communicating is at where I fall short, then they then it's unfair for them to expect us to excel. You know what I'm saying? But so with that being said, do you feel that society has um, put put a stigma on what a good man really is in this day and time. Yes, um, society has not only did that, but um, they changed the idea of what a, what concept what the concept of love is. Now, this is this is where I have to I have to get biblical because Go to for me, it. that that's the best idea of what love is. Society has taught women and taught men to love each other based on conditions. Mm, okay. So it's, I only can love you if, if, if you can offer me. Mm. We, we're not taught the concept of loving in spite of. Yeah. We're taught the concept of lo- loving only if. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I got you. That's not, that, that's not the kind of love that the Bible speaks of. God does. God doesn't even show us that kind of love. If right. God, lo- if God loved us on conditions, most like most of us wouldn't even have made it here. Huh. 
<laughs> Stop it, Dre. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, you know, yeah. what I mean? so that's that's what that's what I mean. So yeah, loving on conditions, the idea of um only loving if and and I mean it's so easy to be warped and manipulated because of social media. Yeah. And the social media saying this is what love looks like, this is what love sounds like. I just think it's wrong. I just I so yes, I have to agree with you. Um we were definitely uh the the way society has portrayed love to be or relationships to be is totally off. All right, cool. So I mean, so why so it's one thing for society to do it, but then I think that because of everything that is going on around us, like in our kind of mindset sometimes, um, we emasculate even ourselves as men. So just from your experience and I guess from what you've learned over the years, how, how what is a good way for us not to do that? Um, be, be confident. Okay. And what? Um, and, and everything. In, in in every in every area and be honest with yourself. Um just like how there's a certain level of things women are not gonna put up with, you gotta put the same you gotta you gotta put the same stamp of approval on yourself. Okay. So too much know knowing you get the same person to know your worth. Yeah. Got you. But that could be taken that could be taken as you know, sometimes like you, you trying to be so dominating that like you're trying to control. No, no, no. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't have to. Lead, it doesn't have to lead to domination. Me, me knowing, me knowing who I am and what I am doesn't mean I'm I'm dominant. Right. It just it just means I I have confidence, and that's the thing. We have to stop calling dom. We have to stop calling confidence domination. I used to think um my fiance is very strong minded. Mm-hmm. Very, 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 very strong-minded. And at one point, I used to, I used to think, um, "Oh, you want to be the man? You want to?" But that's that's not it. Um, she knows who she is. She's confident in who she is, and she's confident in where she, what she's strong in. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, because of our insecurities, that's a very scary word for men. Okay. Because of because of our insecurities, when we come across somebody that's strong, we 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 take it as you know what? Um, yeah, they they want to be they want to be no. Because who wants a weak female? Only insecure men. I don't want nobody I can walk all over. Mm-hmm. I don't want anybody I can control. I can manipulate. I want somebody that's gonna help me grow as well as I help them grow. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? And when you when you find somebody like flashes, why? Because they strong, you strong, you know, and y'all both coming from past situations. So I don't really think it's a it's a dominating thing. I, um if somebody has a problem with your confidence, then most likely they're insecure. Got you, got you. Um yeah, insecurity <laughs> that that's ugh, that's a tough one right there, bro. Um, I think so, so many people are insecure about a lot of things, but they're yeah. also they're also in denial of it. Um, That's- they, don't, they don't know who they are. Um, so one of the things that I have known about you is your is um. First of all, I love 
DJ music, you know that. What made you get into the music industry and not, you know, because also not you love to um, play ball too. So why the music industry and not necessarily basketball? So the crazy thing is I've had so many play ball, but I was so good at selling drugs. Okay. So during that time when like ball was my focus, um, the doing me good. Yeah. So I I was just like, no, I actually didn't serious. I actually didn't take music seriously till I was like 21, 22. Um, and because uh, I started writing at 30. Um, I always okay. tell, I, I always tell the story. I actually just quizzed my fiance because I want to she know. Um, <laughs> I, I was, uh, I was at my boy. Now my boy, he's from Africa. Um, mm-hmm. but he, he was so good at rapping. Um, and like, I mean, he was dope. Like, he was really, 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 really dope. And, um, he was so good at it. So we were in his basement one day. Um, and he was writing a rhyme and I was just chilling with him. I was bored. And he was like, you should try to write one. And, um, I remember we were listening to Tupac's Dear Mama. And mm-hmm. he was like, I'm like, I'm a write over it. And we, you know, I still hear Tupac. And um, Tupac kind of influenced my style um, because that's what I was listening to at the moment. Yeah. And then I just started listening to Tupac and I'm just like, yo, this nigga is saying like some real stuff. Like, this is, this is, this is dope. Cause even when I was in the streets, I still would listen to gospel music. Like, it was so backwards because that's what I grew up on. That's, <laughs> right. that's, yeah, that's what I know. So yeah. I was listening to like Fred Hammond, the uh, Commission, John P. Key, Hezekiah Walker, like that's James Hall, like that's what I grew up on. Mm-hmm. So uh, hip hop was kind of was kind of new for me, except for like the little bubblegum stuff, you know. what I'm saying that we used to hear on the radio, but I was, you know, other than that. But Tupac was really um, what what got me um, started in hip hop, and um, once I started doing it, I literally like started taking it seriously. It was just like, yo, I'm gonna be night. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be good at this. Um, and I would just randomly just like write rhymes. Like that would be my way of venting out my frustrations. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have a diary. I didn't. So rhyming is um, whatever I felt in the moment. When if my father would say he would come get me and then change his mind, for, you know, and it, it would make me feel away, I'll just write. Okay, um, so let's uh, let's tackle that part. You know, even as far as um, what you said about like your father saying that he'll come and get you. Now, the man's the man's role are being present in the lives of his kids. That is so vital. Um, unfortunately, I I feel like society has just put it on us, especially as black men. You know what I'm saying? I can't really speak for you know men of other races because you know I'm not white. <laughs> um, but right. mostly for for colored men, it's kind of like when they look at us, they kind of deem us as a no good nigga or as somebody who, who who's just like a sperm donor, you know, who who just wanna have sex and and move on. And when we do make that decision to have a kid, from your you being a dad. And then you know you have two more on the way. 
how has that been how has you being there in their life played such an important role for I guess both the kids and for you? Um it's been it's been a journey. Um and most of it most of it not good because there were moments where um I chose the church over them. Okay. Um because my life was such in shambles, the only good thing I had going for me was the church. Mm, okay. So um, I would I was thinking in my mind, and you know, not really having a, the, the proper um, guide, I was thinking in my mind, well, if I can do this church thing, then it'll make me a better father. Right. Um, society has made it seem like money is more important than presence. Mm-hmm. Um, so even with, um, you know, and I shared this with my fiance, even with having two more on the way, I look at this as me being in the right position, uh, me understanding life better. It's a chance for me to get a do over. Mm -hmm. So what my other kids experienced, um, they, they won't, um, they'll have both parents living in the same house. Right. They don't have to worry about parents arguing when they when it's time to exchange, um, and and just just different things. It was just a lot of my kids seen a lot of toxicity. Okay. And um, I'm kind of glad like that part of life is over with. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, my my kids seen a lot of toxic stuff or whatever. So um, I'm just I'm just glad that uh, that I'm with who I'm with now. Right. Uh, and even with helping her raise her young sons, um, she, she she's made me a better father, showed me certain things. Um, so yeah, man, um, it, it's been it's been a journey, a journey, and it's not always it's not always good. I, I hate when people um, put on this front like, nah, man. I, there, there was some traits that my that my biological father had that I inherited, and I have to be like, hey, yeah, this ain't it. Okay. This is, this is not. This is this is this is not it. Um, I wouldn't say I was a horrible father, but I wasn't a great one at times. Right. Of course. Um, you know. Um, but the good thing is, I have some amazing memories with them, and you know, we're still gonna build more memories. So, um, that's what that's what I look at. That's that that that's what I look at. There's no handbook or manual on being a parent. That's a mother or a father. Right, of course. Um, so life, when life happens, you just got to literally figure it out. Why? Because every child ain't the same and every situation is not the same. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, now, with this new generation that's coming up and stuff, um, how, how important do you feel it is to have those uncomfortable conversations? No, that's crazy. Like, I literally feel like you've been in me and my fiance's living room. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it's very, very, very important. Number one, um, they have so much access to stuff that we didn't have. Um, our biggest stigma was AIM. <laughs> you know, AOL. Yeah, um, yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? Um our our fear in life was three-way phone calls yeah man um, like like now everything could get so exposed on social media and 
they have access to so much stuff. So um, I would say it's very important. Very, 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 very important. I remember, um, you know, having a conversation um, with my sons about getting stopped by a cop. Yeah. Um, I remember having uncomfortable conversations about sex. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, liking girls and and different things, and and they make faces, but um, I'm gonna let them. Like I've been where you at. Yeah, you yeah. Know what I'm saying, I've been, I've been 14, I've been 18, I've been 12. I know what your body is going through. Yeah, and then even having daughters, like. I, I was the guy on the opposite side of the track. So I know what guys your age is thinking with their, you know, so um, I definitely try to be that involved parent when it comes to those conversations um, and try to create an atmosphere where they just feel like they can tell us. Okay. And, and once you create, once you create that safe space to, to have those conversations, then um, depending on, Depending on your relationship, I don't think the conversation. I think the conversations get easier. So, what would you say to those uh, those dads, or you know, or, you know, those dads that they don't want to have those conversations because they were the absentee father? Because a lot of times, when the father is not there to teach the son or the daughter how you know how, how to become, they not give permission for you know, um, society or social media or someone else to teach their kids, you know, who to love and, you know, all kind of stuff. Because now, of course, you know, uh, OnlyFans and Pornhub and, you know, everyone trying to be all kind of stuff, drugs, the whole nine yards. Um, so in terms of that aspect, what would you say to, you know, the after these kids grow up, they're not really living the life. They're living a confused life. So, what would you say to those, um, to those parents that don't want to have those conversations even after his um, adulthood? Either, either you have it, or society will teach them. Okay. Um, you can't, you can't run away from it. Um, because they're seeing the stuff on TV now. So now you got to have those conversations a lot earlier than you would like to. Um, so you just got to, yeah, you just got to man up and just um, figure out how to have those conversations. But they, they got to be had. And it's better coming from you than TV or music videos or YouTube giving them a whole ignorant view about it. Yeah. So you just yeah, you just gotta man up and have those conversations. Okay. Um, so what most of my listeners don't know is that you're also a preacher. And you know, I, I I dabble a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you are uh, preacher, you dabble a little bit. Um so you know, and they heard you talk about, you know, you being in the streets, you do doing drugs. Um, how did you manage to deal or cope with, you know, like the highs and lows, you know, of your journey thus far? Because a lot of times, I think, so many times when we see people who are of a higher status, 
like when Kurt Franklin um, was exploited and when other people were exploited, um, it was kind of really hard to really look at them the same way as as a man of God. So how did you, someone who isn't on the study their level, um, manage to do that? Um, I'm a gangster. I'm a <laughs> nah. Um, I don't. Yo, I don't. I can't. I can't honestly say it was. It was nobody but God. Um, okay. And then even having, um, a, a a praying a praying fiance. Uh, and then you know just having other people that 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 can. Inc- Let me tell you. I I, I really want to share this with people. Go ahead. When when you are authentically who you are, yeah, can't nobody say nothing crazy about you. And the only people that will believe it is those that don't know who you are. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? When people really know, and I'm talking about knowing you at your core, mm-hmm. knowing knowing who you are, they are gonna ride for you. And and they they're they're gonna say, oh, okay, but you know he's always been honest. He's, he's never said he was perfect and he's never portrayed that he was perfect, you know? And, and when, when we were in our imperfect moments, you know, he didn't look down on us. I've never, I've never judged anyone. Yeah. I've never, cause who, who everybody's going to have their chance in the spotlight. Right. Of course. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and so somebody told me one day, they was like, yo, we're one screenshot text message phone call away from somebody exposing us yeah totally so um i don't i don't know man i, I guess i'm the new rick ross i'm the new teflon don um <laughs> it don't it don't it don't it don't stick because i've always authentically been myself right 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 nobody anybody that knows me or, or is in my circle could never say um yeah when i'm around him i got a question or I gotta watch. Nah, man. I make everybody feel welcome. I make everybody feel free to be who they are. Yeah. And and when you when they come to me, whatever they come to me with, they know it's staying right there. Yeah. You know. So I I mean I've had people ride for me, vouch for me, and and like I said, the only people who feel away or feel threatened is the ones that really don't know me. So it's kind of like, oh, he's just another. He's just another. And I mean that's cute. You know what I'm saying, but you've only heard you've only heard what you heard, and a lot of the times, um, in life, people play telephone with stuff. Of course, you know, so they add or they take away just to make the story sound more juicy, and um, and different and different things like that. But uh, with me, I'm a king's kid. Yeah, and and when you a king's kid, you know, there's so much damage people people could could do to you. So it's not like throughout your life regardless of whether you had a high or a low moment, you had damage control because your character never wavered. Yeah, I mean, and I, I don't want nobody to think. There was moments where, you know, things are playing in your mind and you want to give up, you want to give up hope. Of but, course. But then you got to, you know, God, when God loves you, he'll always send you a reminder. Yes. He will always send you a reminder. And I'm the type of dude, man, I don't got to be in the spotlight. I don't got to... But, you know, when you're called by God, when God really has his hands on you, there's just things you can't run away from. There's just things you can't, you know, there's things you got to, the difference with, uh, the difference with Saul and David was, 
fact was that it was Saul's job to kill Goliath. Mm-hmm. But David had the courage to confront him. Mm. It wasn't David's job. David was just there to give to, to give what he needed to give. Mm-hmm. Give them the food and different things that Jesse sent them to go do. But in that moment, God was like, nah, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a shine some light on you. Because okay. The one, the one that was supposed to do it is 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 scared of. Is is scared of it. And I honestly feel like a lot of this is coming on me because there were people who were in my generation or in my in my DNA who were afraid to accept the call. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, I yeah, God is like, I need you, but I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to really make you. I'm gonna really have to purify. I'm gonna, there's some things that you just gonna, I'm gonna have to put on your back, and you're just gonna have to deal with it. Jesus says, Jesus. Uh, deny yourself and pick up your cross. Yeah. Never says how heavy the cross is going to be. Right, 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 right. Totally. You know what I mean? So, yeah, man. And 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 it, it's it's made me. It's made me stronger. Um, it's me a chance to advance spiritually in certain areas. So, um, yeah, I'm people now. Now they're just going to see a product of what I was doing privately, what I was struggling with privately. I respect it. I respect it. Um, okay, you mentioned about David and Jonathan, but I want to, and, and I am going to tackle back on that, um, but I want to kind of just uh, um, talk about, uh, so there's a, it's a new thing, but it's a thing now that's becoming more popular. Um, wait, um, wait, uh, is it, is it, is it on? Who? Oh. Oh, no, 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 no. There you go. Um, so, uh, in, in regards to the whole um, dating aspect, mm-hmm. polyamorous and monogamous dating, what are your thoughts on that? Because it's like, that's the norm. Everybody's just doing it, having fun. What are your thoughts on that? That's my <laughs> it's stupid. Okay. It's 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 greedy. Um, yeah, I can't. I, I I can't rock with that. Okay. Um, we're 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 not we're not shaped as a man. You can't emotionally give to more than one person. true you can't you 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 you're not made up that way so i just i i think it's crazy i think it's dangerous but that's just my opinion um that has become a new norm i'm noticing that that's what people is doing um but uh my fiance is from the bronx so she's not having that um (laughs) (laughs) yeah them them bronx girls it's something else bro that's right. Um, I'll, be, I'll be dead, right, babe? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'll be. Yeah, it'll be a wrap. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not with it. And women, right. women are expensive. Like, man, listen here, hair. Like, you gotta be, you gotta be rich to do that. Or but well you know what? It, like, in all honesty, though, um, like. 
for some, some men really aren't trying to, they really aren't try, trying to give themselves a with emotion. They're just, I'm at a stage of their life, I swear, they, they kind of have fun. Now, the fact that it's practice from fun, but they can have fun regardless. Well, find somebody, find that one person you can have fun with. This is true. Just, just be, just, just be patient. But um, yeah, nah, I'm good. Um, when, I, <laughs> when, when I, when I was a player, it was too much. I gotta live with y'all. <laughs> nah, I'm good. I'm, I'm all right. Everybody and their mood swings and their attitudes, and you got to split time. And nah, I'm, I'm all right. Got you. Got you. I'm, um, okay, so earlier you earlier earlier you mentioned about um, about David. So let's let's kind of go Bible for for a second about David and Jonathan. I think that that's those two would be the best fit for what I'm talking about here. In regards to David and Jonathan, they really had that covenant. They really had that brotherhood. That is not something that you see the norm in today's people like you know everyone have like their boys and what have you but when it comes I, it's crazy because in the church it's all good but in the church it's like yo we're like in some church spaces it, it's almost like if a guy is to go through something or so y'all have a conflict like how do, how do you deal with your conflict with like your brother? Um, that depends on the type of relationship it is. Like I'm, I grew up old school, so um, if I had an issue and I felt like talking wasn't enough, we'll square up, fight, and then go go get Chinese food right after. <laughs> okay. Um. I, it's funny. It's funny you bring that up. I was just talking, uh, texting a pastor friend of mine earlier today, and we were just talking about that. And coming from the streets, um, there's just a certain there's just a certain code that I have. Yeah. So if I'm calling you my brother, um, like I'm a I'm a live by that. So that means somebody violates you, they violate me. Yeah. Um, I don't ever want anybody to feel comfortable enough to uh, to talk crazy about you. When you're not in the room, if I'm your brother, um, if if I'm your brother, I'm going to rebuke you privately and cover you publicly. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Um, I don't know. Like I said, there's just certain there's just certain aspects of street life that I just took with me over into the church, and I realized, you know, church people can't have that code because they're not from where I'm from. They didn't live the life that I lived. So right, right, right. You know right. I'm saying not everybody. Not everybody move or not everybody think like that. And I think um, in, in some ways, um, dated by it. And then at the same time, I'm trying to grow to the point where, because, uh, you know, early in my ministry, my minute, my ministry, well, um, I, I'll punch you in your face. Um, but I really, I really grow where, um, you know, and I'm going to pat myself on the back because sometimes you got to praise yourself for your growth. Yeah, man. Um, I'm to the point. Say whatever. My fiance hates it. Like, and, and you know, she, she's meeting the, the. She has met the newbie, so, so like she's bothered by it because I really take the Jesus approach. Like I really just be letting stuff slide, and my thing is I don't have a middle. Like I'm smart enough to yeah. understand that. Like there's no, 
there's no middle with me. It's either I'm gonna beat you up or I'm gonna just I'm gonna just let you slide. Like I can't there's no in between. Like no no in between at all. So that's just what that's just where I'm at with it. Um if you my brother, then then I'm gonna treat you like one. That, and, and that means we're not gonna always agree. That means we're not gonna always like me and you. I'm not gonna get into an argument with my brother because we disagree, and then go exposing his secrets. Like I just think, I just think that's corny. Like, yeah, what we discuss is what we discuss. And if you not, if you not man enough to handle my difference of opinion, then we don't need to be brothers. This is true. This like is I'm true. smart enough to know that not everybody in my circle is gonna think like me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? There was moments when even being in the gang life, I felt like there were some people that my homies shouldn't have popped off on. Right. And then there was some I felt like deserve it and they didn't pop off. Mm-hmm. But that, that ain't mean he wasn't my homie. Like, yo, you I'ma ride with you. That was the decision. I don't like your decision, but you my man. So we we, we in this. Uh like Martin and Will say. Uh, we we ride together, we die together. Bad boys for life. Bad boys for life. Yeah, man. That's yeah, that's yeah. that's what it is. And then when we in secret, when it's just me and you, I'm gonna be like, yo, you wildin'. Like you should have never put me in that position. But publicly, nah, I'm gonna hold you down. And I think that's what I think that's what a lot of leaders are missing. That's what a lot of churches are missing. Um, they they like that they like the talk of covering until they actually cover. They like the language mm. of being a brother until they actually have to be a brother. So um, I'm just, yeah, I'm just over that. So the only one I'm accountable now to is my fiance, um, my children, and God. That's, re- my, that's my covering. I, I respect it. So how do you, um, or what, just from your opinion, from your perspective, and your truth, um, what would you say would be the best remedy to kind of bridge that gap between, you know, brothers, leaders, the whole nine yards, as it relates to just like, hey, you know what? Like, at the end, at the end of the day, we're in covenant. And the reason why I say that is because, and I, I'm just gonna put it out there. Um, in times past, I had a I, I had a mentor who I really looked up to. I mean, he knew everything about me. I, 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 with them, that I found out that out to the church. Yeah. So, how do we bridge that gap? So we bridge that gap by um, yo. It's really weird. Oh, like this had to be God ordained because I promise you, this is the conversations I've been having all week. Um, <laughs> we 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 bridge that gap by being um i can't tell somebody else how to roll i can't tell somebody else what to be right of course i i i can only be what i've never experienced i don't think we go through those to get revenge i think we go through those experiences so god can show us um so i'm at the point now where i've experienced a lot and that I feel like God has shown me, when you get here, this is what I need you not to be. This is what I need you not to do. So at this point, um, I'm held responsible for now when I get people like that, that's like, yo, I just, 
I just need you to pour into me. Now I know how to pour without even accepting anything or expecting anything in return. If you felt like God has sent you to me for me to pour into you, I'm going to pour into you. And whatever you do with it, that's on you. You know what right. I'm saying? But but um, I think we really have to bring that trust factor back between the the sheep and the shepherd. Mm. Um, and I say that because um, Jesus uses the example uh, when you have the hundred and the one leaves, you leave the 99 and you go back and get the one. Now mm-hmm. we out here making fat Facebook statuses about the one that left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of trying to rectify and then and then we use it as a tool to say, um, well, we if they don't want to be here, they don't have not nah, that's that's not what Jesus said. Of course. You go and rectify. And if the person just insisted on not coming, then fine. To me, you did your job as a shepherd. You attempted to bring the sheep back. Yeah. You know, but we just have this clack back mentality, this like we just got it all wrong and twisted. Like it's nothing but a bunch of flesh and different spirits on parade. And I just I just I just refuse to be that way. I just I I I, I refuse to be that way. Okay, okay. Definitely can can explain it. So um we gotta cut all that out and just, you know, be who God's called us to be and you know, just, just be truthful. Um yeah. Be who God be who God called you to be. Be confident in who He called you to be, and just stand just stand by that. Whatever gotcha. morals, whatever codes you have in life, like stand by that. Um, one thing my fiance used to tell me when we first started dating, um, is that my my word is important. Yes. So if it's something that I can't do, just say I just say you don't know. But um, she hates promises. She hates. Um, so that's something. Um, that I had to learn, and it's not that it's it's not that I did a lot of church talk. It's yeah. just that it's just that um, anybody that knows me knows I want to be there for everybody. Mm-hmm. I want to be there for everybody. So there's moments where I overextend myself. Right, of course. So it's kind of like it's, if I missed it, I promise you it wasn't purposely done. Yeah, it's just that in my brain I didn't really put together that. You know what I'm saying? I had such and such going on. I just, I, I, I hated the idea of telling people no. I didn't want nobody to feel like I was, I wasn't there for them. And you know, she, she taught me that, like, nah, you just gotta have balance. You just gotta, of course. You, you just look at this moment. I'm maybe we could do it another time. Maybe we can. You know what I'm saying? Um, but she taught me the importance. Um, and it could, it could be something as small as calling her back, or. Or, or texting her back. Like, it was never nothing major. It was just like, you said you was going to call me back. I expected you to call me back. Your word is your bond. Yeah, my, 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 my word is my bond. So that's definitely something that I try to I try to stick with. And I just feel like if, this, if we just stick to simplistic codes of if how we move, then, then we'll be all right. Got you. Got you. Definitely, definitely. Um, I think my grandmother had already taught me that. And you know, um, I try to change that life that when I say I do, um, it don't always work, work out that way, but, I, but when I do fall short, I do recognize and I do apologize because you want to be a man of integrity, and you want to be a man of value more so than anything. Um, so, um, you, you've led a very interesting life to 
Right? I promise you, I don't know how I'm still here. <laughs> by the grace of God. By the grace of I, by the grace of God. And this is why when I get in people's churches, I tell them, if you inviting me, don't invite me just to invite me. Like we 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 making moves, we making noise, we're gonna make the devil mad. Like yeah, I'm, I'm 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 very I don't that's one thing I don't play about. I don't play about God and I don't play about his people. Yeah. So if so if I'm if I'm coming or even it could be something as simple as a conversation. Yeah. Uh, don't don't waste my time. We either gonna get to the root of this, and we gonna fix it, and we gonna because I know what it's like. I know what it's like not to have an ear. I know what it's like to feel lonely. I know what it's like to um, feel like you don't want to share in fear of being judged. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I, yeah, I, I, I know I know what order that or whatever. There's nothing nobody could tell me that my jaw is gonna drop. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, and I, I'm talking about in, in in all different type in all different aspects of life. I don't care if the person is quiet and whatever. Oh, I don't expect that person. I don't put nothing past nobody. Now my now my thing is now that we once we've confronted what you're struggling and what you're dealing with now how we gonna move? Right, of course. I, I don't. I don't. I, there's no room for judgment. There's no. There's no room for judgment. Like Jesus told them people that was trying to stone Mary. You who are without sin, cast the first stone. And all them niggas drop their rocks. Yeah, yeah. Because they already knew, look, all right, you got that. So um yeah, I'm just I'm just on a different I'm just on a different type of timing. Um and I have no choice but to be authentically me. I can't I can't fake, I can't I can't fake the funk, I can't do the politics, I can't do the like there's there's lives at risk, there's souls at risk. So you know what I mean. Um, people are really trying to find something different, see something different. So I mean, if I could just make my little imprint on the world, and after I leave here, um, I can I can say that I've changed someone's life or helped cultivate somebody in the right direction, then I'm good. That's what it's about for me. Yeah, that that's what's up. Um... If you could look, well, if you look, if you look back on your life, um, and you were to, to meet, or, or rather, if you had the opportunity to speak to a younger version of yourself, mm-hmm. what, le- what, what, what is one thing or one lesson would you tell him? Nothing. Interesting. Nothing. Why is that? I don't believe in coincidences. Okay. Um, I don't regret anything that I've done in life. I don't. Um, my journey is my journey. And God knew before he formed me that this was the journey I would, I, I would be on. I, 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 I often think about that and I'm, and, and who's, I don't know if I would have met my fiance. I don't know if I would have experienced what real love is. If I would have, um, said you know what put the drugs down focus on ball um because anybody will tell you when i'm focused on something i'm focused so there's i I believe if i would have really focused on ball the way i was supposed to i would have made it to the nba right of course um if i would have made it to the nba i don't think i would have the relationship with god that i have got you okay Yeah, so I don't think I don't think um I don't think 
I don't I don't believe I don't believe in coincidences. So that that would be that would be my answer to that question. Nothing. I wouldn't change. I, I wouldn't change. I wouldn't change a thing. Um, and I don't think anybody else should want to change a thing either because our our trials, our journeys, that's what makes us who we are. Okay. And I wouldn't be the Dre Rumble that you see before you. I I wouldn't uh, probably have the love for God that I have if I didn't experience what I didn't experience. And I've also come across some great people. Yeah. Whether we talk, whether I don't, Omar, I wouldn't be on, you think I'll be on your show if I was in the NBA? <laughs> we would have not even, whether Antoine was my brother or not. Yeah, man. It was my brother or not. You know what I'm saying? I don't think I would have answered this great call that God has put on my life. I will take saving souls over being a millionaire any day. That's what's up. Because money does not go with you when you die. But I want to sure make sure your soul. I want to make sure your soul is good. I want to make sure your soul is straight. I, I think I have the best job in the world. And that's leading people to Christ. And no, I don't get paid for it, but it's still a job because it's work. Yeah, 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 totally, totally. So what advice, and I guess like your final thoughts, what advice w- would you give to men, whether they're single, whether they are dating, whether they are married, whether they're dad, whether they're about to be a dad, what advice would you give to them in terms of just being a better man? Don't focus, don't focus on, on your mistakes. Don't, don't focus on what happened yesterday. Um, any day that you get up, it's a new chance to make it right. But also don't run from them. When you, whatever damage you caused, whatever you did, face it, deal with it and keep it moving. But don't, don't live there. Don't, don't, don't live in your mistakes. Don't live in your past. Don't, don't live there. Don't, don't live there. Get back up and keep it moving. That's the best advice I could give them. Okay. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because every journey is different. So I can't give you what works for me. Of course. Of course. You gotta, course. you gotta, you gotta find out what works for you. And the only way you could do that is by not beating yourself up over what you've done. Yeah, totally, man. Definitely totally. Bro, man, I thank you. This has been an exciting conversation. Um, likewise, man. <laughs> What'd you say? I, that I'm definitely gonna bring you back. Oh man! You, oh, you know anything for you, bro? You already you 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 already know that. All you gotta do is let let me know when, and I'm there for you. I'm still upset I wasn't the first, <laughs> but but it's all right. All right, it's all right. Sometimes sometimes it's not good to be the first. That's why I don't like getting the first <laughs> iPhones when they come out because you gotta work all them kinks and stuff out. Yeah, man. <laughs> oh, so, but nah, man. Thank you, thank you so much for trusting in the gift and platform just to be me so yeah man i appreciate you bro no problem no problem thank you bro thank you for coming on once again no problem man happy father's day to all the fathers the uncles the the aunties everybody (laughs) (laughs) all right man all right